0: Tom Bernard Show with Doug Sprinthal, Andy Brent Bernard,
2: Cassie Schrader.
0: We will be right back. Our two special guests, Nick Goff, coming up in about 15 minutes. Another shooting, this time at a Chicago hospital. And we'll be right back. It's Groff? Yes. Didn't I say Groff? You said Goff. Oh, Nick Groff. I'm sorry. Sorry, Nick. (laughs) We'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. That's right. (laughs) I it was is. Tuesday.
3: I'm not I used know. to Doug being That's there on Tuesday. True. I'm sorry. I, just have one of those. I should be a secret agent because people just forget that I'm there.
0: <laughs>
3: secret agent, if... secret sale. See that? Ah. Oh, God. No wonder Two didn't newest introduce Nissan you. stores in town. Coon Rapids Nissan, home of Jason Leckler, or J-Lo as we call him. Or, why is that a Nissan run by John Peterson? We've got a special deal, deal on Rogues. If you want to know what it is, sadly enough, you'll have to email me and wait for a very lazy response because Nissan won't allow us to publicly advertise these prices. It sounds sounds kind of hokey, uh, and it is, but uh, it's also a really good deal because we've been selling a lot of rogues because of it. So that is the scoop.
0: It is the magnificent scoop. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Rock out, brother. Oh, love yeah. Led Zeppelin. I
2: know.
0: Love Led Zeppelin. Love all these years now. Uh, Talked to Jimmy Page a couple of times. Couldn't be a nicer guy. Um, Monday's deadly shooting at a Chicago hospital appears to have been over in a... Oh, God. Monday's deadly shooting at a Chicago hospital appears know. to have been over a broken engagement, mm-hmm. reports the Chicago Tribune. Police say gunman Juan Lopez, 32, shot ER doctor Tamara O'Neill, 38, multiple times in a parking lot outside Mercy Hospital and Medical Center. Don't you find that to be rather ironic there, Juan, that you shot someone at Mercy Hospital? Mm. See what I'm saying there, Juan? You got it? Dial that in. Uh, oh, Lopez and O'Neill had been engaged, but it was called off in September. A person who was in a van with other patients in the parking lot witnessed the shooting reports. WGN O'Neill got on the phone and she was trying to call police, the witness uh, tells the TV station. She asks us not to leave her alone because he is going to kill her. After the man demanded a ring back and O'Neill said she didn't have it, he began shooting her, says the witness. Uh, police say Lopez fatally shot Officer Samuel Jimenez, 28, in the hospital lobby. And then first-year pharmacy resident Dana Les, 25, Jimenez had been on the force less than two years, was married with a wife and three children, reports the Chicago Sun-Times. Les was a Purdue graduate who started at the hospital in July. So over a broken engagement, this guy kills three people. Mm-hmm. I Cool what, guy. Can I just ask this question? I know I ask this question all the time. If Catherine came back from Palm Springs tonight and said, you know what, I've decided I don't want to be together anymore, I've met another person, and you're out of the mix, I'd go, okay. Oh, bull crap. Yeah, I would. You wouldn't
3: be kill her, but you would be shattered. Well, I'd Trust be me, I've been there before, and I've never killed anybody, but... Get your heart broken. You don't go. Yeah. Okay. See you on. Sounds <laughs> good. But don't you kind of go well? Are you're you not... taking the toothbrush, Sharon? I get to keep that to remember you by. <laughs> you're not well, who, who I thought a, you were. Well, you'd though. be a puddle. Would well, not be a All puddle. people. Oh yeah. Not what do you bit. think,
0: Andy? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> little <laughs> bit. Nice support for your boy, Tom. Here. Uh,
3: Fortunately, you've never gone through a massive. Uh, Probably never, like that. Some people have. Some people make through through mm, life without having to go through
0: that. I suppose it's highly unlikely I would go through it now after thirty seven years. I very unlikely. Imagine. Very very unlikely that'll happen. She's happy. She was all ecstatic and all happy this morning because she said, "I want to decorate the entire exterior of the house for Christmas." So I said, "Absolutely." Yeah, absolutely. Decorate. We used to do it. That could be
3: a sign, though, that she's getting ready to leave. That could be. <laughs> Listen, the, the
0: lights will distract him. <laughs> That's right. They'll be blinded
3: <laughs> when be blinded. Hans
0: comes up in the Chevrolet. <laughs> Hans in the Chevrolet. <laughs> yeah, Catherine's a real Hans kind of yeah. person, I will tell you that. Um, I don't know. I, I suppose if they were just going to leave you because it didn't work out, but if they had, like, an affair... Then it'd be like, you weren't who I thought you well, were. Yeah. So that's right. Then, you know, that, that'd be different. I suppose, yeah, I suppose it'd be the way they do it. That would make
2: sense. Well, it would, it would hurt a lot because you feel so betrayed. Yeah. Mm, yeah, you that's know? true. That's the part I think that's the worst, you know, that it's been like, you've been lied to. But I, mean, still, so much. I mean,
3: to go from that to, um, you broke off the engagement If nobody else can have you. I'm going to just shoot you here in the parking lot. How does that seem I, like a, I don't understand that at all either.
2: It is a very, it's a control issue.
3: Oh, yeah. For sure. So I got into it about this very thing this morning with some conservative friends of mine on Facebook. I said, okay, uh, let's – I'm going to back away from this deal. So we've got yet another yeah. non-criminal that, that – he wasn't a criminal until he pulled the trigger. That's, a, that's right. Know, never yeah. – like a lot of these mass shooters, they're not – it's not the criminals that are doing it. It's just whacked people. And the whole argument about a good guy with a gun will stop it. Yeah, tell that to the cop's family that's dead.
0: Yeah exactly. yeah, exactly. So what do you
3: guys propose, or are you okay with it? And it went on and on and on, and they never came up with anything. I said, all right, well, there's possible solutions to this sort of stuff, but you know, everybody's got to participate anyway.
0: I don't mean to rant. And I like ranting. You probably noticed that, though.
3: I have noticed that. But That's I've, one of the many things I like about you, actually. I like
0: ranting. That's right.
3: I <laughs> just go off the deep end. It's like watching Network each and every day. I love I that I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take, take it you. anymore.
1: I like <laughs> it.
0: I just am very depressed right now because I just found out literally just this moment that I have something in common with Oprah Winfrey. oh It's in a different like, day no, part. i going to say it. I'll get in trouble. Why I like I'll tell Gail. you later. <laughs> yeah, tell me later. Yeah, uh, I have something in common with Oprah. If this is true, it is on my behalf, but I and I assume it is on hers. But I've never talked it, talked about it before. I don't think people mistakenly think gratitude comes more easily to those who have attained wealth or success. But as media mogul Oprah Winfrey explained this spring to CNN, she's not grateful because she's a gazillionaire. Instead, practicing gratitude is how she got to be a gazillionaire. That's Mm. all right. I like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In fact, some of the most successful leaders attribute their success to making gratitude part of their daily routine. To be sure, studies have shown that gratitude for even the simplest tasks can improve many aspects of your life, such as personal well-being and others' happiness. It can also boost workplace morale and engagement, helping you work better with others. And nothing's going to work on that. (laughs) Yeah, well. I here to tell you it's not going to happen. She says thank you every morning, whereas I do it the last thing every night. Mm -hmm. When I'm in bed, I just go, you know, I I realize how how great my life is and how lucky I am and all this stuff. I think if people aren't grateful, I don't care who you are. I think one of my great, I think it was Les Miserables. Wasn't it when the guy stole the candlestick from the monk? And the monk said, "Wait a minute! You forgot the other one, and gave him the other candlestick. Remember that?"
2: Oh no, I never saw that.
0: It was really good. It was. I, I think was. that was in La Miserable. I'm not sure. I Although, think it was. I, I did hear a disc jockey on CCO back in the day say, "I had this magnificent time this weekend." My beau, and she said, "My beau." By oh the way. God! <laughs> My beau and I went to see Les Mis. <laughs> Les Mis. Oh, did you go see Les Mis? How was Les Mis? Is, is that, that a, the Ellen show? or? Yeah. Oh, man. Come on, on, Ellen would have laughed brother. at that, actually. Yes, Ellen would have laughed at that. It's probably true. Probably is true. But, yeah, I think it's very important, and I hope it is true of Oprah Winfrey. I hope she does wake up every morning and say thank you. I go to bed every night saying thank you. So I think it's, gratitude is a wonderful way to live. Your, it's just very good for you. Even if you're not grat- you know, you're grateful for the other people in your life, Gratitude is very good for you as a human being. Mm -hmm. Yep. So
3: I I agree completely. It's it's nice it's that whole act like you've been there thing.
0: Yeah, that's exactly
3: right. Don't be too full of yourself. I think I I don't know if I talked to you about this, but I read something a couple weeks ago that said that if you are if your net worth in other words how much money you have and assets less is your debt is eighty four thousand dollars. You are among the 10% richest people oh, yeah. in the world. Oh, yeah. Totally. 84 grand. So well, so think at some about 80% money. of
4: India. That's yeah. 800 million oh, people no, right I there. Can. You're richer than all of them.
3: And if you had, I think it was 10 times that much almost, it was a little under 900 grand in net assets, and a lot of Americans have that. Yeah. Um, you're in the 1% of the world.
0: Mm. 1% uh, of the world. doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, not even a million dollars. Yep.
4: Mm hmm. That is unbelievable. Now, in
3: the U.S., the number's quite a bit higher than that. a little
4: that. different, yeah. yeah. It
0: is a little higher than that, of course.
4: Nick has called in.
0: Not L.A. Nick.
4: No, Nick oh, no. Groff.
0: Oh, Nick Groff has called in. Why he... Jesus. Oh, and it's They're right on time. Right <laughs> well, we don't have a clock that's, on the wall anymore, which would be really true. nice. That's It would be if, nice. like,
4: an engineer would fix the battery to hang it. Fix the battery?
2: That somebody stole? Just open
4: it up. Yeah, seriously. Someone just takes Wait, the battery. I, you believe that
0: somebody stole the battery out of our clock?
2: Yeah. yeah, they came in here, took the battery out, and put the clock back on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> the we don't
4: know who it was, but someone took that battery. It probably
0: was LA now. I think it was Nick Groff. That's who I think it was. It was all your fault. See, get it? Because it disappeared. What do you think of that, Nick? (laughs) How are you
5: guys doing? How's everything?
0: Everything is good, man. Paranormal lockdown, which is returning to Destination America on December 4th for its third season. World-renowned paranormal investigators Nick Groff and Katrina weed Is it Weidman or Weedman? Weidman. I thought it was Weidman. I just wanted to make sure. They're back for season three of their hit series, Paranormal Lockdown, where the two spend an unprecedented 72 hours confined to the most haunted locations in search of groundbreaking evidence of the paranormal. Unprecedented, se- yeah, 72 hours. I mean, that's, man. It's a long time. It is yeah, a long time.
5: Yeah, I know. It's, it's a little too long sometimes. I think anybody kind of confined to a property for 72 hours is going to go a little crazy, which I do. No, <laughs> but no. yeah. it's uh, Amazing locations, amazing locations we get to go into and experience. I mean, one of the greatest locations I've been trying to get into for 10 years is the Jim Beam Distillery, which is an incredible place.
0: Oh, is that in Kentucky?
5: Yeah, in Claremont, Kentucky. Claremont, there um, you go, okay. It, yep, it's a, it's a really amazing place. You ever get the opportunity, if you like, you know, Jim Beam and bourbon and whiskey, it's a good place to go.
0: Is that... People aren't saying that just because the word spirit is involved, are they?
5: <laughs> <laughs> I know you would think so. I mean, yeah. that was a curiosity of myself. But I think it was it was an interesting location, just a lot of history. I love locations with history. Yeah, I do too. It's kind of where I start with any location. So if anything, it has great history, uh, great people that run it, and um, just just a really interesting landscape that it kind of sits on um, Uh the generations of family-owned property. Um, And it's kind of interesting because a lot of the employees are talking about the place being haunted, and that's really what intrigued my interest besides, obviously, the bourbon. (laughs) <laughs> but I think, <laughs> obvious, I think ultimately,
0: obviously yeah. the bourbon. I think, <laughs> okay, well,
5: obviously the bourbon. Yeah. Yes, I mean, I got yes. to try an 11 year old barrel of bourbon, which was fun, but it was, it was a cool place. I liked it.
0: Nick, where did it all start for you? Where did paranormal interest and all the rest of it, where did it start for you and how old were you?
5: Yeah, I was, I was around 13 years old. I was fascinated with all things paranormal, anything unexplainable or mysterious, I'm a very adventurous type of guy, and I just want to explore the world for, you know, just like what scientists are looking for, any undiscovered phenomena or certain species or whatnot. And I really want to just discover new things to evolve myself and go through an experience. So when I was little, my dad would walk in the room, I'd be listening to Art Bell on my little uh, boombox. Oh,
0: sure. <laughs> I'm yeah.
5: there broadcasting from Nevada, and I would be so intrigued by his stories and stuff about, you know, aliens and UFOs and Area 51, and my dad would ask what I'm doing. at Late at night, and I have one of those maps. Remember maps before we had Google Maps? Sure, <laughs> yeah. I'd sure. have my map spread out on my bed, and I'd say, I'm going to Area 51, but it's not on the map, but I'm going to find it, and I was that weird kid. Um, but I thought, you know, it was just intriguing to me, and not until years later, I started to investigate um, and check out and research different locations for the hauntings and the paranormal activity
0: and whatnot you know nick it's interesting it's just happened in the last year um my sight in my both eyes not just one at first it was my right eye and now it's my left eye i have developed these floaters you know those little floaty i i don't know india uh, they what are the air bubbles or something uh, they're protein hmm. clumps protein clumps what's really weird about that dick is i've, I've I've developed it in both eyes. So now I Mm -hmm. swear to God, I see things all the time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You're like, for some reason, if you're looking, you know, as they used to say, out of the corner of your eye, these little lumps of protein will look like a person walking across the floor. I mean, it's really kind of off-putting because, like, what the hell? When did I I start seeing that stuff? But if I don't concentrate on the fact that those are just air bubbles, I constantly see people and things moving that aren't there. Isn't that weird? Really looking forward to that.
5: Yeah, it it is. is. Yeah, I think it it is. I think, ultimately, we don't have all the answers to pretty much anything that's unexplained. there's so many things to explore. I mean, look at the universe. It's so vast. Yeah. Scientists are still discovering new wormholes and black holes to other universes, and, you know, beyond that stuff and even new species in this planet that we walk through. It's kind of interesting because every day, you know, you wake up and you think about time. You know, we create time as human beings because we're all growing older and then we'll, you know, we're, we're born and then we die. So it's every second that, pa- that passes by, we're passing it in a weird way And I think ultimately the biggest question that everybody has, no matter if you believe or don't believe or whatever the case is, um, you know, what happens when we die? You know, even even if nothing happens, that's even something happens a lot of people believe we go to heaven. A lot of people believe bad people go to hell. A lot of people believe, you know, there's an afterlife, you know, it's just I think. The revolving question is just a conversation starter for everybody who kind of cross paths in life. And I've crossed a lot of paths with people that have, um, you know, had near-death experiences or have had eyewitness accounts or claimed to have their location be haunted or seen things and mm-hmm. then finding out it's not all paranormal, but some things are paranormal because we don't fully understand it yet or have the technology to adapt to whatever these phenomena are yet. So it's really intriguing, I think, more than anything for myself. Um, I'm one of those guys that has to be there to see it, to feel it, to believe it. Yeah. Um, Because I love the experience of going into a historical location and just going through the motions and living there, sleeping there, breathing the environment, which is sometimes dangerous, by the way, because some of these locations are pretty uh, decrepit.
0: I could see that. Nick, I need to take a very, very quick break. We can uh, spend another segment with you. Is that all right? Yeah, absolutely. We'll be right back more with Nick Groff. Paranormal Lockdown, ladies and gentlemen. Season number three on December 4th on Destination America. Right back more with Nick. Tom Bernard Show. It's Tom with an update on my successful weight loss journey. I'm down 92.5 pounds, and I have the Sheehy Brothers and staff at Nutrimost Twin Cities in Plymouth to thank. The Nutramost program is amazing. i lost over 40 pounds during each of my first two 40-day rounds. This is a program, literally, it's a program that anyone can do, and you'll have great success just like me because it is customized for each individual person, and the staff at Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth will be there for you every step of the way. Nutrimost just wants everybody to live their healthiest life, so they're offering an early bird Black Friday sale for a very limited time. You, your family, and friends can receive 25 to 35% off the cost of a Nutrimost program, and Nutrimost will guarantee that you lose 20 pounds or more. Nutrimost helped me change my life, and they can help you too. Health savings accounts are welcome, by the way. To schedule an appointment, call 763-333-7337, 763-333-7337. Uh, 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 uh. Got a little ACDC going on today. Hell yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, the show is called Paranormal Lockdown. Returning to Destination America on December 4th for its third season. Nick Groff, G-R-O-F-F, with us today. Nick, let me ask you a question. Obviously, well... I, I assume this holds true because it's hard to destroy energy, so your energy goes somewhere after you die, whether it is a heaven or not. I'm not saying you'd be cognizant of where you are or anything like that, but your energy does go somewhere, right?
5: I believe that, yes. Through my experience and through my studies and whatnot and talking to different scientists and just um, people through my journey that the energy that we create, we produce energy, kinetic energy when we move and all sorts of different energy that we surround ourselves with. But ultimately, I think when the body dies, um, the energy releases from the body. Right. And I do believe that there's some sort of conscious thought that the brain puts out that's attached to this energy. And I think that's what we're possibly communicating with sometimes at these locations through audio devices and whatnot. Uh, because, you know, wavelengths and different um, audio travels, and it's kind of endless. So I think energy, yes, it can multiply. It uh, can't be destroyed. It can create new energies, negative, right. positive. Right. And, yeah, I'm a big believer in energy.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, something does happen. Again, I don't know that you're aware that it's happening. Uh, but I tell you, one of the creepiest things I ever saw, and it was many, many years ago, there was video of a guy being, you know, facing the guillotine. He was beheaded, mm-hmm. and they showed when his head was cut off, his mouth kept moving. He was trying to talk. That was very yeah. odd to watch. You <laughs> like, know what oh. he was saying? What? Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch, <laughs> babe.
5: Yeah, I mean, the nerve, the nervous system is really weird. I think the brain is, is the most interesting because we don't... No, I mean even the greatest doctors in the world don't know mm-hmm. everything about the brain. Right, We actually know and very little about it. it Exactly, and it's like how much is it like 10% or whatever we use of the brain every day. We need rest, right? We have to go to sleep every night. What's that about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why do we have to sleep and rest our bodies? Um, yeah, that's It's true. interesting how the body functions but I don't know. It's just the whole thing about the paranormal to me is just, it fascinates me all around. And I've had some really weird experiences that I could not explain that. I was just, I'm a very, I, I like to be very logical and try to figure things out, but there's some stuff I just can't explain and I don't know why. And I think that ultimately pushes me further to research more about
0: it. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. And it's, that's a great thing in life. I mean, obviously for. Uh, you know, following the paranormal or following the afterlife or whatever the situation is, you do get to a certain age when, well, you know, back in the day, a couple of generations ago, if you lived to be in the late 60s, you were living a long time back then. You know, people died in the mid-50s and late 50s and all the rest of it. So if you lived to be 67, 68 years old, you were living a long life. So I do remember... People, you know, when I was a kid talking about, well, what's this all about? You know, I'm at the end of my life now. These people are like 60, and they were talking about the end of their life, right? <laughs> so things have changed quite a bit. But, but I, I remember hearing Absolutely. that all the time. It's like, what was the point of all this? They, people love to ask that question. What is, what is the point of all this? Uh, my life? Why was I born? Why am I cognizant of my surroundings? Why do I understand all these things? And then it, what is it going to do? Just come to an end in a few years and that'll be it? I mean, that is pretty confusing. It really is. It's sad, first of all. But then you think, what was the meaning of all of it? Right?
5: Right. And I, you know, there came a point in my life after doing 200 plus locations, and I've seen, I've been at some really horrific locations where sinister people. Or either put to death, or prisons, or mental asylums—just a lot of energy. I mean, forget the paranormal for a second. Just yeah, think yeah. about human beings and how evil human beings possibly can be in the walk of this life. It's amazing. And I've walked through a lot of those locations, feeling that just that impression left behind, and how bad stuff can be. So, for some people, in this earth, like children are born into third-world countries, and you know, some people would claim this is hell for them. And I would imagine, yeah. you know, going through some, some people in these locations, you know, whatever they went through in their life could be that. It's like a purgatory type situation. And then they move on. So you hope there's a better place, right, than Earth sometimes. Yeah. And I think ultimately that's the question is, you know, it's very challenging for everybody in their own life. And, you know, you have good times, you have bad times. But I ultimately believe that you make the best of your life and you, you're passionate with what you love to do in life and you just push forward, you don't, you don't get hung up on things and you try to make the best possible thing you can do in your journey. And then when that time comes, when it's your time to pass on, you just have to have no regrets. You know, you look back and say, I accomplished this and that's the best thing. And I think it's all about experiences, ultimately, through the paranormal experiences I've had and everything mm-hmm. else that I've gone through and locations and people I met, it's all about learning, evolving as human beings Collectively gathering all that information and moving on as energy or whatever you believe comes next, and I really believe that's what happens.
0: Oh, I think that'd be one. The only regret I have, if I, you know, found out that I was that was terminal, my only regret regret in life would be the fact that I was a Viking fan. That was a. I thought you were going to say having kids. Yes, having children. Since my son is right here with us. But, no, I mean, I've wasted my entire life on being a Viking fan. What the hell was I thinking?
5: <laughs> well, that's, that's not a bad regret, though.
0: No, Viking. I suppose you're right. Yeah, you're no, I right. It's probably true. But, I, yeah, you look at all these, We were, by coincidence, Nick, before I knew you were going to be on, we were talking earlier about people like Michael Jackson and Prince and, you know, all these, right. 27 Club and all that. These people had died so young. You just wonder with all that talent and all that success, why their lives were so miserable. Could they not understand they're still just a basic uh, concoction? I mean, that's what the body is basically. Uh, even though you're, yeah, you're famous, it doesn't matter. Who cares if you're famous or not? Exactly. I
5: totally, hundred percent agree with you. I mean, I've met all sorts of you know people that I claim to be celebrities or whatever, and I honestly, I'm a, I'm a I'm a young New England kid. I came up. I know where I came from and whatnot. And I've had success with the shows and all that stuff, whatever the case has been. But obviously, I have a passion for everything that I do and yeah. touch. And it's, ultimately, the people that I've crossed paths with, I'm like, man, if you can just be dragged off your high horse for a second and realize what yeah. hey, to accomplish, it's ridiculous how the mind can get stuck in that like, glamour or whatever it is, the spotlight. And you can easily get absorbed by it. And I understand addiction and everything else that falls in place of all that other nonsense, but it's tough, man. I, I think ultimately people can get lost in transition of like really what their quest is in life. And when that happens, they just they fall deep into that rabbit hole and they just can't get out sometimes. Yeah, it seems like uh, they with Whatever can't.
0: the
3: case yeah. is with those people. Yeah. So what, but, what part of New England are you from?
5: Uh, right outside of Boston. So I'm in. Um, the Salem, New Hampshire area. Okay. So right over the board. I I grew up um, half my life here, and then my um, I was born in California. So it's kind of funny you said Nick from L.A. <laughs> in the beginning, I wish I was back in L.A.
0: or something. But I'm yeah, definitely well, not a, a a Hollywood kid. <laughs> we have a friend named L.A. Nick. That's why I thought uh, thought it was.
3: Who's from Philadelphia and ran for the mayor of Minneapolis. It's a
0: long story. It's <laughs> a long story, well, Mr. Gross.
5: It's my alter personality. Alter personality. Yeah, exactly. It's my other, uh,
0: dimensional being (laughs) what what are your feelings about because I've you know read about this over the years and talked about it Uh, when people die sometimes you know Michael Jackson was only 50 when he died and unfortunately we lose children Um, do you hold anything to the theory that people do wander the earth because they haven't completed their assignment or their uh, their purpose absolutely so you do believe that's what, what it's all about okay
5: the, the, the only reason I believe that is because I've had experiences with different people that have lost loved ones. And uh-huh. so at locations that I've been to, we brought in the mother of a son um, who she believes was murdered, but they never figured it out. And and it was just a my- mysterious death, I guess. Well, he came through on an audio device, and she swears that was his voice. Oh, and yeah. Swears that was his. And, you know, it's, it's really tough in those situations too because, you know, who's to say we truly know who that is talking on the other side? And sometimes people want the hope of that. So it's a really hard thing to do, yeah. but I think ultimately it gives people hope and that connection. But I do think that that energy when you cross over, um, no matter what it is in life, if it's sudden or it was unexpected or you thought twice about an incident that you did to yourself and you moved on or whatever the case is, I think that the mind is lost and I think there's some sort of consciousness that still wanders and it takes, there's no time, you know, like we have time. There's no time. I believe it's just kind of frozen and you're wandering and you're trying to figure out your own place to go and whatever that happens, whatever happens after that, I feel it's a wandering situation until they find that next place to move on to. Right. Um, but I don't know. I have strong, weird spiritual beliefs, and every day they change too. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of all over the place based on my experiences and going through life and talking to different people. I mean, you know, ten years ago, if you would ask me, it might have been something different. I mean, I'm I'm learning just like everyone else. I don't have all the right answers, but I'm growing and learning and trying to mature a little bit day by day.
0: Well, I think that's a good thing, and I wish I really wish that humankind would do the same thing you're doing basically trying to go through life uh, believing in things that that you feel are good for you and, I guess, the universe or whatever. I mean, I, to tell you the truth, Nick, and this this is a stretch, there's no question about it, but I'm trying to figure out from all angles why people are so vicious now. Uh, I, again, I grew up in a very tough area. People could be mean and they could be jerks, but people now right. of all stripes are... are vicious and they don't care if they destroy someone else's life if we only have if you really are a secularist and you don't have any belief in 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 god at all and you believe this is the one shot you got and when you die you're dead it's okay with you to ruin that person's life so you've ruined the only shot they got they're not going to move on to some some other existence but you ruined their life, how can you wrap your head around that kind of belief? It makes no sense to me.
5: Yeah, I, I've known people like that. I don't know. I've questioned it, too. I don't know. It's. I think, you know, just like I've been to locations where there's negative and positive, I and mean, it's going back to that old, you know, negative draws negative, and sometimes yeah. people just are born into that mentality of just being kind of sinister in their own way, and you know, cut. I mean, look, if we're in, like, this industry of, like, the TV and radio and all that stuff. There's so many cutthroat, like, people that would stab you in the back to get to the top or no. talk about money or power, or be in the spotlight or whatever the case is. Yeah. It's ridiculous.
3: Yeah.
5: I mean, I, I'm probably one of the most loyal people, and I have a close circle of friends, and I leave it at that for many reasons. And I think, ultimately, you come to a point when you get older, like, in my 20s, I was very naïve. To all that stuff, and I didn't know until I went through it. And when you get a little bit older, like me, you know, you just start closing that circle of trust with yeah, the world. Yeah. And I think, yeah. unfortunately, that's just how people are. Some people are it really is, mean yeah. and bitter, but some people are great. You know, it's I wish there was more positive, but hey, you know, it's just it's how it goes. No, but I... I do have a skeptic friend, though. I have a skeptic friend that's really interesting. So um, I own another network called Vity Space, yeah, and we right. have a, a show on there called Occult Collectors. And he's a great guy, a really good friend of ours. He does a show with us on our, our network, Vity Space, and he, um, he doesn't believe anything happens when you die. He thinks, you know, But he's great about how he talks about it. He says you go through life, you, you remember the history, you remember stuff. He, he collects all sorts of occult collection. He loves the paranormal but doesn't believe in the paranormal, <laughs> but he loves it. Because, um, you know, he wants to preserve the history and preserve these people that were legends to this, like, you know, historical item or whatnot. Uh, But he's really cool about um, talking about people in the sense of this is one life you have to live, so make the best out of it. Because when you go, that's it. But that's his beliefs. Right. It's, It's more positive, you know. I don't understand why people have to be so crooked about it, but... I think B.B. Um, King said it
0: best. B.B. King said it best. Yep, said
3: everybody wants to get to heaven, but nobody wants to die.
5: <laughs> well,
3: there yeah, is that. Exactly.
5: they want the easy way.
3: There easy is way.
5: that. Well, it's just like stardom, right? Everyone wants to get there really fast, yep. and to get all the money really fast, and no one wants to work for it. No right. one wants to, everyone wants to be spoon-fed. I've met so many people like that. I've you know, blood, sweat, and tears into every project I've made. But part of life. That is.
0: Nick Roth, ladies and gentlemen, Destination America on December 4th, its third season, Paranormal Lockdown. It was a fascinating conversation, Nick. I I like the new take. For me, it was a a new take on what this is all about, and I appreciate the conversation, sir.
5: Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much.
0: Absolutely. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving.
5: You, too. Take care. Thanks.
0: You, too. Bye. We'll be right back, Tom Bernard Show, and ask everybody in the studio here what, uh, what your take on all that stuff is right after this Tom Bernard Show. Tom Bernard, here to tell you, Priority Courier Experts has immediate openings for drivers looking for more. Priority drivers are independent contractors who set their own hours, start from their own driveways, and deliver local on-call parcels and freight, which means you're home for dinner every night, and you get paid weekly. Right now, Priority's driver-friendly lease-to-own program has brand-new dock trucks, flatbeds, curtain sides, and tractor trailers
4: <laughs> Lowrider. It's a the theme song. De, was it? Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know you used Low Rider. I love
2: this song. I haven't Watch heard it
0: in a while, Street,
3: while Street. I thought like, Ooh,
0: let's play that. Was this before or after Eric Burden was that with called? War? Ride I think this was before he joined, yeah. didn't it?
3: I think it was after.
0: Was it after? I think. That's a good Eric question. Eric look I love up. Eric Burden. I've met Eric Burden twenty times and every time I meet him, he's met me for the first time. One
2: of those. (laughs) He's one of those guys. I don't
0: know if he still does, but I think Eric used to like to enjoy a cocktail from time to time. I'm pretty sure he still does. Mm. The last time I you know, he's about the same size as like a bunny rabbit. Yeah. He is not a big fellow, but really like that. He's very smart guy. Mm -hmm. He's a really smart guy. I'm looking at this changes in homelessness map of the United States. And I don't understand, according to this chart, the three biggest increases in homelessness in the United States California. Nope. No. That's uh, decreased, as a matter of fact, they're saying, which I don't believe. At I all. don't believe I that. I don't believe this map at all. Because it says the biggest increases in homelessness are in North Dakota, South Dakota, and Wyoming. What does that mean one, Wyoming? one homeless guy per state moved in? Well, yeah, I suppose there is that. <laughs>
3: North Dakota had the big oil boom, which did, went yeah. oil bust, and that yeah. can sometimes happen when you get a
0: rapid swing. I suppose mm. that's true. There are only four states in the Union where there's a big increase in homelessness. That would be Wyoming, South Dakota, North Dakota, and New York. Mm. Uh, that, somewhat I believe. There's somewhat of an increase uh, in Montana. And then a middling increase in Arkansas, Hawaii, Idaho, Kansas, uh, Mississippi, Iowa, Vermont, Maine, and Minnesota. But the biggest decrease in, in homelessness in America is in Michigan, according they, to this map.
3: Do they say why? Or?
0: Um, I, I would imagine if I scroll down, it probably... Yeah, It's it, this is pretty amazing, actually. Minnesota's homeless population is up 4.7%. Michigan's is down 68%. wonder why, what the the hell is that all about? Michigan's homelessness is down 68%. Do you
2: think maybe it has something to do with the minimum wage going up? You think? That people are thinking, oh, it's probably worth now, because it... More than likely, um, people that are homeless probably don't have much of an education. They didn't graduate. Yeah, yeah that's uh,
0: cause true. Because they probably
2: dropped out of school and stuff. So I'm wondering, with the minimum wage going up, that now it's actually somewhat of a living wage that they can... Yeah, maybe. That could be it.
0: The biggest homeless increase, North Dakota 71.2%, Wyoming is 626 and South Dakota 629 Those are the largest increases by far of any states in the union. Uh, as I said, Minnesota's kind of like at 4.7%. It's kind of hanging in there. Um, yeah, so I don't, I don't know what that's all about. There's a lot of places homelessness is down. Met, homelessness is down many more places than it's up. Mm-hmm. So that's good news. So that's
2: why I'm wondering I'm sure. if there's, um, you know, the cities that were they're already implementing the higher minimum wage, has that decreased the homeless?
0: I don't know. Is that a livable wage, $15 an hour? six hundred bucks. A, I mean, it is what thirty, about thirty, thirty grand a year, something like that. Yeah, but it depends on the, you
2: know. I mean, if it's if you're making fifteen bucks an hour and you live, let's say in Alabama, where rent may only be seven hundred dollars yeah, a month, yeah, that's true. So yeah. they can survive off of that.
0: Yeah, North Dakota, to tell you the truth, would have very.
2: Oh, that was expensive. homeless there—it's so cold Yeah, in
0: the <laughs> it's not the warmest place. Uh, I gotta
4: be. Same here,
2: know. but yeah, North Dakota just seems like a miserable tundra of nothing. Honestly, I get—I don't you know. Yeah, a even, little bit. Doesn't it? It just seems like ugh, like it's just this. Oh, what's that uh, place? over in Russia.
3: Siberia,
2: (laughs) Siberia. That's what I'm thinking of. Siberia. Siberia, Mm.
0: Shetolia. What's the difference?
3: Well, I found something. It's a. Michigan.gov webpage, and they say the steady overall decline is largely due to coordinated efforts of state and local partners and their ongoing commitment to prioritize those most in need using the housing first model. In this model, people are moved to housing as quickly as possible. Well, that's good. So it's you know it's a social program basically. Mm-hmm. So it's really really uh, the decreased
0: homelessness by that yeah. much because of a social program.
3: Yeah, this is two years ago and it was twenty five percent then. So I imagine it. Uh, just continued.
2: Well, in a lot of these cities, like Detroit, for instance, they have mm-hmm. all these abandoned houses. Why don't they just put homeless people in them? You
4: mm-hmm. know, at least yeah. they're
2: occupied. And no, have, because
4: like, someone still owns the house, yeah, and that person true. doesn't want someone wrecking the house. That's yeah. the problem. Pretty fascinating uh, statistics, though, I'll tell you that.
0: So I want to ask you guys, uh, Nick, Groff was just on talking about uh, paranormal and mm-hmm. afterlife and things like that. Um, and, and what God wants, which I've never understood. Human beings have decided what God wants. How would you possibly know that?
2: I, I it's a little know.
0: arrogant. Yeah, to yeah, say It's yeah. a little arrogant to know. Again, why would God possibly care if someone's gay or transgender or whatever? Why would God care about that?
2: No, he doesn't.
0: Because procreation is the most important thing on earth, but that's only if you're Catholic like I am. Yeah, the so church
2: the church cares.
0: The church does care. Yeah,
2: that's...
0: Their money has dropped off in huge ways across the board, from what I understand. And the Star Tribune loves to point out every day that, that religion is failing in America. I just oh love God, how just the Star awful. Tribune is... They're an awful newspaper. They really are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just the things that. Well, they're right the ones
4: them. that reported about this Chipotle thing and got that woman fired. Yeah, and then, they got her whoops, fired. Whoops! Turns out that it was uh, they made something out of nothing. What? Well, yeah, I don't about? mind the fact that it's a liberal paper. I'm just, I just don't like stupid people. Well, they yeah.
0: lie. <laughs> the problem is that newspapers all lie like there's no tomorrow. No matter their political bent, they're liars. You heard about the follow up to that story, right? Yeah. The, uh, yeah. the Chipotle story. Uh huh. Yeah, it ter- turns out these guys are dine-and-dash people. Serial
4: dine-and-dashers, yeah. Serial dine and, da-
0: and they are a Somali group. And, there. of course, they're morons like Somali, on Twitter just Somalis.
4: immediately assumed, oh, it's a white person and a black person, it must be racism. It just amazes me, honest to God. You know, on a very, very severe note,
0: if white people did all hate black people as much as its claim, Yeah, there wouldn't be any black people in America. There wouldn't be any black people in America. They would have sent them all
4: back to Africa or killed all mm-hmm. black people. Oh, well, we'd
2: still have segregation. Yeah. You know. I, yep. We
4: wouldn't have had a civil war where however many hundreds of thousands of people died. 750,000. Yeah, 750,000 yep. people died, half of which did so um, to get rid of slavery. Right.
0: Well, I remember my so, friend Norm yeah. when I
4: was a kid. My friend Norm's
0: father was shot to death in a, in a parking lot uh, by a black man. And I asked Norm about that, and I said, well, is this going to affect you in any way, shape or form, how you look at people now? And he goes, no, Why would? because one guy did it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to miss my dad. My dad's dead. But I don't care what color the guy is. The guy's nuts. You know, to him, and this was way, way back in the 60s, he couldn't have cared less. He did not like the fact that his father had been murdered, but skin color never even entered into it. And I'm telling you flat out, I talked to him about it at length, and he said, no, that has absolutely nothing to do with it, which I thought was pretty damn admirable. So when you criticize white men, I think of Norm, and it pisses me off, because he, uh, could you have been that forgiving? I don't know. Could I? I? I don't know if I could. I hope I could. But it was, look, he was a white man, and it was really, really impressive the way he handled that whole situation. And this is a guy, by the way, that went bald when he was 16. So, I mean, he had all <laughs> kinds of things cooking. Wow. Him. He did. He went bald at 16 years old. You know, I think why, though? Because it was in the, area he, in the hippie era, and I think he, the hippie area, and I think he dyed his hair oh. four or five times. Oh, yeah. burned it <laughs> off. Maybe yeah, bald. The bald look wasn't big in the '60s.
3: There weren't a lot of men no, shaving it not, their heads. No. Very
0: true. But I just, I, I really don't like the fact that we just lump everybody in together. It's all black people. It's all white people. It's all white men. No, it's not in any way, shape, or form. Is that true? So, what is the purpose of all this? The, the belief in religion. The belief in an afterlife, or there is no afterlife, or you know,
3: I struggled with that for a long time because I, st- yeah. I think I've told you—I started going back to church seriously before my son was born. Well, and they finally about let 19 you back here. Years ago, yeah. It? Well, I had to pay him a lot of money back taxes and all that. I got to return the kid's Bible in <laughs> 1967, but I stopped worrying about it because it, it occurred. This the following occurred to me, so. If there is no heaven, if there is no afterlife, if this is really just truly it, have mm-hmm. I wasted my life by leading it in a moral fashion? Be nice to everybody and be mm-hmm. humble. and right. I, For me, the answer is, of course, it's not a waste. No, it's not. Yeah. not any Once way. I got to there, it's like, all right, I'm not going to worry about it. Well, we'll find out when we get to the end of the show. Right. And I
2: think that's why I, I enjoy going on paranormal investigations and trying to see, you know, yeah. what, you know, and I... I kind of have, like, this theory um, that, you know, every time I've had um, any type of paranormal experiences, it's usually something from, uh, not negative, but, like, every time you hear of, like, a child ghost or something, what are they always seeking? They're always trying to find their mother or they're sad about something. Same with other ghosts. Either Mm -hmm. they're angry or sad. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm thinking what happens when we die, we have energy. And we have negative energy and positive energy. I think our positive energy goes to heaven or whatever you believe. But I think the negativity stays back. Because if you think of the theory of heaven, heaven's supposed to be this glorious place where there's no hate, no anger. So they you can't know, take know, I that I do with. have
3: some issues with that, and I'll tell you okay. why. I mean, I love my family, but there's some of them I wouldn't want to spend eternity with. So <laughs> Uncle Fred, you're I kind understand. of a pain in the ass in I mean, your family. That. Yeah. yeah. How would you like to be up there But I think that.
2: Yeah, I think that negative negative stuff stays behind. You know what I mean? I don't think it goes with you. So I'm thinking that's kind of my theory because every time I've had an experience, it's usually something, not negative, but something that's not like a ghost coming up. Hey, you want to have a conversation or, you know, and just want to – it's never been anything like that, but – yeah, I'm very intrigued to find out answers. I don't think I'll, nobody will ever find a true answer until you die. I think that's when you'll finally yeah. know. So, I mean, what can you do except die? <laughs> My favorite
0: death story of all time, Woody Allen.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I think it was Love and Death. I think it was the movie. Mm-hmm. His take on war and peace was called Love and Death. And he said, you see this watch? My grandfather sold me this watch on his deathbed. <laughs> I forgot that line. (laughs) One of the greatest lines in history. His grandfather sells him the watch as he's dying. (laughs) Woody Allen is is pretty funny. Oh, my God. He he did some brilliant things. He really did. Horrible human being, from what I understand. But he can be very, very funny. His take on a, a number of things. Well, the other one was war. War makes me very, very sad. My uncle was bayoneted to death by a Polish conscientious objector.
3: <laughs> he did a stand-up routine. He goes, "You when I was young, my grandmother gave me this bullet, and I carried it around in my breast pocket, and one day a crazed, Bible-wielding evangelist threw the Bible at me, and if it wasn't for that bullet, I'd be dead. <laughs> <laughs>
0: there you go. The bullet stopped the Bible. Yeah, the, he was so good. I just, I think he was. He's so brilliant and so funny that
4: it ruined his life. Yeah, if I think once your IQ gets above a certain point, other things start to kind of deteriorate, yeah, and the higher your it. IQ gets, the worse everything else gets.
0: Which is too bad. That is not. There's another reason why life shouldn't be the way it is. The well, smarter you are, the more painful it is.
4: I think it's similar to the way a computer is. Yeah. Uh, You can take any computer and you can make it run faster than it's designed, but the faster you make it run, the more things start to screw up. So it'll it'll process faster, but it'll start to do other things worse and worse until it just burns out. And I think the human brain is pretty much the same way. I would like to point out that I'm in a fantastic mood. Why? Because Turtle Dove's coming home tonight.
0: Yay! Good for you. I don't know what time she gets in. She said she gets in late, but I don't know what she means by late. I'm going to have to call her and figure something out, because I've got to call and figure out the timing of the Key West trip, because I know it's, we, we go on vacation right after that, but I've got to find out what's the, what the dates are. But, uh, yeah, we're going to Key West, and then uh, Catherine and I are going to Cuba for a week. Oh, really? Cuba. It's going to be pretty interesting.
2: Oh, well, tell me. How, I can't and wait to we'll find think. out how you like it. I kind of want to go to Cuba.
3: You yeah. should come yeah. to the Rosemont American Legion tomorrow night instead. You and Dave, my band's playing there. The night before Thanksgiving is always a fun night in bars. You it's play great.
0: anything by Tito Puente? <laughs> we could whip up a little Tito just for uh, uh, just for you. Oh we're talking, Doug. Thanks for coming in today. It was great of you to come in. Now, it was fun. Obviously, he's not going to come in on Thursday, but it was great of you to come in today and share Thanksgiving uh, with us. I appreciate it, and I love working with you. And you know, I'm grateful for all that. And no Me question, as don't. well. It's a wonderful I thing. I
3: tell people this is my favorite two hours of the week. I know. No, it, it, it really shows
0: great. how crappy the rest of my life is. <laughs> Boy, look at the time. Have a good day. Bye.